Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast more cowardly than C.B. Buckner. My <laughs> name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Cowardly, petty, old, forgotten, unneeded. Many of these you... things can describe both of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't tell. At first, I thought you were just talking about us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and among many things, this week we are going to begin our overreaction to early spring training results. And also we're going to begin our coverage of the NL Central, beginning with the Cincinnati Reds. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. All right, Ben, uh, we've done it. We've got baseball games happening. Yeah, um, it's it's starting. So we've got all sorts of overreactions to get to. Um, but I think we have a couple things we want to talk about before we actually get into our baseball. Uh, real quickly, I want to tell you something exciting. Mm. I think you have some news to share with me as well. I like um, to be excited. I am going to, well, we'll see if you're how excited you are about this, but I'm excited. I am going to the STL city home opener this hey. Saturday night. The, f- um, the, f- the first game at the new yeah. stadium here in St. Louis. I <laughs> don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, soccer's stupid football. Wow. I don't know. I just don't care. Um, uh, yeah. so I don't know. And you know, so I'll, I'm going to, tr- I'll, I'll try to relay. I, I've, I've been thinking about how much I don't care about soccer and obviously I'm not an STL, so I'm not like inundated yeah. with city stuff. Um, but the, the, the like facility like this, there, we work out, uh, at this big multiplex family thing and it's got soccer fields all over the place, you know? Mm-hmm. And I swear, I think I, I see a fight or someone overreacting to soccer, like adult men, our age yeah. or older, like fighting over like an intramural soccer after work soccer league and people kicking each other, shoving each other into boards, people really getting hurt. And every time I see that, I like have no empathy because I, maybe I'm a monster. I don't know. And I think like, guys, this sport is stupid. What like what are you <laughs> what is getting you so gassed up? Take a <laughs> chill pill, play a real sport. And then if you get mad. I, I would understand it. if you get buzzed with a fastball and you take umbrage with that, that makes more sense to me than mm-hmm. like somebody kicking the ball off the board and it mm-hmm. hitting you in the stomach and then you like slowly kicking it away. And then I don't know. It's I don't care about it. Um, I'm happy that people like it. I know that St. Louis, I grew up in St. Louis. I know it's a soccer town. People care about it. I feel like youth soccer is a huge deal there. Um I, I don't care. Yeah. Denver's had a team for a long time. We've never gone. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's my grouchy, shitty take on uh, the city or cool. also the team name. Come we on. Have, we have quite a um, uh, rapport going where I ask you how excited <laughs> you are about a certain thing and you just shit on it. So we've got Christmas, yeah. uh, holidays in general. Yeah. Um, and soccer. Uh, yeah. But at least your 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 concern with it is all the way at the root. The sport itself sucks, 
Um, yeah. not just, you know, your, your allegiance to, to anything else. Um, I do have to ask you, you, you work out at a giant complex. Um, yeah. my workout, do you, are you saying you're <laughs> just like walking from concession stand to concession stand, <laughs> watching all of these men play soccer while you eat your nacho cheese? Is that what so, it is? It's really fun because I can't even really argue with it because the <laughs> complex does have like a full bar and yeah. like nachos and there's always a food truck outside. So, yeah, I could I could easily. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. Yes. hundred cool. percent. I actually just like watching the game. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just go to watch the game, have a couple of beers and then go home. Oh, I put my cl- my gym clothes on. <laughs> yeah. What a workout. <laughs> um, well, I am excited. I will say, yeah. though, for what it's worth, I've never really been much of a soccer fan. Um I actually I played soccer briefly. I have to imagine you were just like elite immediately. You hit the ground and Pele yeah. comparisons coming out. They actually kicked me out of the league because it was unfair. It was like a whole power <laughs> imbalance thing. Yeah. Um, no, actually, uh, like my only real exposure with soccer, other than when I was a uh, when I was really young, I played in a league, and I don't remember this, but apparently all I would do is just run following the lines painted on the ground and just like do laps around the soccer field, which yeah, good luck me. Um, but also <laughs> I, pl- I played again when I was like, I don't know, I it, probably like somewhere between 10 and 13. I, I don't remember. I might've been a little younger. Um, and our coach was exactly the type of guy that you are explaining only for kids. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I do remember this. I, uh, there was a, a game where, someone stole the ball from the other team. So we had done something successful and our coach from the side yelled yelled to a bunch of children, nice steal, but they're still standing. Uh, Implying that the truly the right move would have been to not only steal the ball, but ensure that the other child had been knocked to the ground. How are uh, these people allowed around children? Like, well, it became a whole thing. This was just one example of aggressive behavior that ultimately led to uh, like this, coach being confronted by a bunch of the parents and like the team collapsing. Uh, so <laughs> it was like, a, it was a whole thing. And so it kind of sure. soured my, my taste yeah. on, on soccer. Um, but I am a big fan of St. Louis sports and supporting. Sure. St. Sure. Sure. And, and the stadium looks beautiful. I mean, th- they're really trying something yeah. new with the stadium. Like all of the food stands are local restaurants, uh, not like your giant conglomerate you know sure, you get sure. exactly the same thing at every stand a lot of care to um to make it like an extension of the local scene rather than just a uh, a conglomerate of, of vendors yeah. uh which i'm really excited about and yeah. it's it, they're doing that interesting thing where it's the um i forget what it's called but basically like the pitch the field is is below surface so like the actual uh, if you're looking at the stadium from the outside looking in, it's not doesn't seem particularly huge, but then you go in and it goes down. So it's it's a interesting eye level and 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 sure. way that it fits in with the city. So I'm excited for it. And they won their first game and they are, you know, because it's an expansion league, they're the like projected to be the worst team in the league and they sure. already won their first game. So there's a little bit of excitement about the team actually maybe being somewhat competitive not just fun to have so yeah we'll see i've been excited about it but i also again i don't really care about soccer so i, I want to yeah. get into it uh but if it just ends up being more like an event that i go to from time to time yeah. that might be the case uh frankly my the biggest exposure i've had to soccer in the last like 20 years is ted lasso <laughs> so well you know I, I think you're you're kind of you have a mental blind spot for my illustrious 
uh, high school and early college soccer career that you participated I, in several oh, times. I know. So well, I was wondering if I we were going to, we've never talked about the bearded dragons on this show. <laughs> no. I, I know I should say, of course, uh, yeah. when you and I were 18 to 20 years old, uh, yeah. we were elite performers in a mm-hmm. soccer league intended for 16 year olds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, maybe we'll talk about, I don't a, think we need to get into this yeah, right now, but long story short, um, and I was the captain of this team for a minute, which really just meant that I was the one like signing the paperwork and making it yeah. happen. Uh, but we would, we had this group of most eventually is all people who had graduated high school playing in an intramural, uh, high school indoor league. And <laughs> there, there was maybe one actual athlete on our team. Um, but yeah, maybe we can, we can spend more time yeah. on that. At a, a, there's a, that's a whole podcast, but, uh. We don't need to yeah. dive in. I'll, now. I'll just say bringing water balloons to a soccer match was one of my favorite uh, mini trampoline you know, too. That mini, was, yeah, that was a good one. Um, mini trampolines. So yeah. yeah, well, we were already pretty far and you had some news you wanted to, to share with me, Nate. I yes. have horrible news. Oh no. And, and I'm directing this at you because I know that you're going to not think it's horrible news. Let me guess. Um, someone wants to like celebrate something with you or have an otherwise delightful time. And you're just, yeah. You're dreading it. You're you're actually not that far <laughs> off. <laughs> so, um, Mary, my lovely yeah. wife, uh-huh. we love her. She's great, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she signed us up for the Rockies Home Run 5K on May 20th. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. All yes. right. So, yeah. I'm running a 5K. I know you love your 5Ks and, and, your, and your runs and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I absolutely hate running. It's one of my least favorite things in the entire world, um, but we're signed up. It uh, it starts somewhere downtown, and it's similar to the St. Louis thing where you like end in the stadium and you run around the yeah. warning track. And uh, I don't know, maybe we get to meet Dinger and and KB will be there. I, I don't know exactly what to expect, but yeah, May twentieth, I'm running a five k. Uh, I don't know. I'm well. I'm assuming you survive, not sure how to feel. I, yeah, assuming you survive, I think you'll enjoy it. I. Yeah, I did the Cardinal one last year, and I'm going to do it again this year. It's in April. Um, it is a lot of fun going out on the uh, out on the field, you know. Yeah, and uh, you can do what I did, which every, let me tell you, the crowd loved it. You go up and pretend like you're robbing a home run. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. probably the first time anyone has ever done that. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun <laughs> and funny. Um, I was getting high fives. Yeah, signing I- autographs. If I make it past Blake Street, I will feel like I'm I, I I've competed, I've won, I've done a great job. If I if yeah. I am robbing a home run on the wall, then I don't know, I might be just done. Like I I've, just, I've succeeded. You you hope that uh, you jump up, pretend to rob the home run, and when you land, you quickly get buried in a uh, in a gravesite, much like uh, uh, <laughs> battlefield baseball. Joe Boo baseball. <laughs> yeah, I would like to go to a weird version of hell or heaven or purgatory and find my father, who is still alive, uh, cleaning a bicycle. Yeah, there's there's at least like a three percent chance this happens. Yeah. In fact, and if it, not, like, yeah. I think I can force it. You know, I can jump off a high balcony or something and and make it happen. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Um, we're, we're all, we're all counting on you, but, um, yeah, I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. And you know, at the very least, I got to start training. (laughs) I don't run at all. I'm going to (laughs) die there at the very least, you know, with a 5k, like 
I looked it up, Nate. It's over three miles. That sounds impossible <laughs> with where I'm sitting right now as far as my physical health. A lot of people are out there just having a good time walking it too. You know, oh, it's just I don't nice have to... that gear though. You know me, I'm a competitor. Oh, yeah, yeah, you you're in it to win it. I know you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's one of my the best part about these things is the people that are like wildly in shape that like you should be smoking. You know, like getting getting um, passed by like a, a like. 80 year old person you know who's just like game face on you know choo-choo and right past you and then like an eight-year-old runs past you too and you're like i'm in my prime yeah Uh, yeah and these colorado natives do not mess around like i'm gonna get (laughs) smoked yeah it's it's yeah well there's probably gonna be someone who like is gonna run like they're gonna they're gonna run the 5k run through colorado rocky stadium run out and then run up to the top of a mountain all in one like yes. continuous run. And, and at some point they'll throw water on me and say, beep, beep fatso or something yeah. like that. And I'll, I'll cry. Uh, famous jerks, people <laughs> who live in Denver. <laughs> we can't help it. <laughs> all right. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Um, Thanks, pal. There, yeah. there will be updates. I'm sure. Cause I'm going to be yeah. bitching about it. Yeah. That's what people want to hear. Uh, so, <laughs> So we've got uh, we've got actual games to talk about. Uh, Hell yeah! Actual box scores, and it's been kind of nice because I, I I maybe I'm wrong here, and I know we haven't had really like a normal spring training for a couple of years, um, but it feels to me maybe it's because of the World Baseball Classic that we've been seeing some of the uh, stars a little bit longer and a little bit more than we normally do at this point in spring training, uh, which has been kind of fun. A couple have been televised. Unfortunately, not all of them, which is a thing that I think we could all rant about. But, insane. Um, uh, overall, it's you know, big takeaway so far is it's we've been seeing a lot of things that we've been hoping to see in this early spring training. Um, but what do you want to talk about first, Ben? Well, I think we the biggest story in baseball right now, and I think we need to talk about that first, and that's the pitch clock. Uh, yeah. I think the other rules have, like... The bases, we, we talked about this months ago. The bases are going to make a minute change. Uh, yeah. The throw over thing is going to make a minute change. I really don't think that stuff is going to affect baseball all that much. I Like if Trey Turner breaks 50 stolen bases rather than sticking around 40, like that's yeah. what we're talking about, which is cool. Like 50 yeah. stolen bases is awesome. But like, I don't think like what those rules don't take into account for like, I understand the spirit in which they were intended, like why they did that. But like the way that front offices look at it, the way that players value themselves, the way that other teams value players and the way players get contracts, like that is why stolen bases have gone down. It's not because of this team winning thing. It's because of what it does to your war and your player value. And they were talking about that on the broadcast, right? Where you, that's how players are paid. Yeah. The, the ESPN broadcast on, um, Monday's game. Yeah. Uh, they were talking about Carlos Correa directly citing his war totals and for why he was less likely to steal bases because the impact of a caught stealing uh, outweighs the uh, like benefit of having a higher stolen base count. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's and, that, that's an interesting part of it for sure. And it's more complex than that. It's, it's taking the extra base when it's advantageous. It's not necessarily stealing bases. So I think like as long as war is a number that front offices care about, this is going to be the stealing environment. Um, yeah. And it seems 
really hard from where we're sitting right now to get away from that. Uh, at least it's going to take a long time and there's going to have to be a change in thought, which yeah. will happen at some point. Like war will be a thing of the past at some point, but where we're sitting right now, it's the best we got as far as like comparing players. Yeah. Anyways. It, well, it, one last point on that though, is that yeah. like, I don't know that that will change because all that war has done is helped us realize more directly that the Bennett, the the loss of giving up a, a runner on base in exchange for the potential for an, an extra base, like that is almost never a valuable, like a worthwhile risk. Right. Uh, the, the absolute worst thing you can do in baseball is making out. Right. So uh, and and getting an extra base may or may not ultimately have an impact. I the last time I saw it, this may have adjusted. Uh, since the last time I've seen it, but like the the standard ex, uh, thought right now is that you need to be successful at an eighty five percent or better clip for that uh, for the the benefit of stealing a base to exceed the cost of being potentially thrown out over the length of a season. Sure, and eighty five percent is really hard to accomplish. Now this new change may make that a little bit easier, but still that's a high percentile to be successful in stolen bases, and yeah, so people are just yeah. not likely to do it. And I think that's all fine and dandy. And I think it's fi fun to speak in like 30,000 foot view, 85% stealing percentage, yada, yada, yada. I think where the gap is currently and where like we'll be talking about more and more is like the situational uh, and like the probabilistic nature of certain situations because yeah. the stolen base in game one, the first inning of game one, and then the stolen base in, you know, game 155 tied bottom of the ninth. Um, are two completely different beasts. And right. I think that is where the, the gaps in value and understanding that. Because if you get thrown out in that first one, it's probably not going to affect your team, the war, the winning at all. If you get right. you, know, the, you have a huge win probability added in that game that I was talking about. Anyways, yeah. I want to talk about the pitch clock. And I want to kind yeah. of, first off, I'll say my, my two cents on the pitch clock, it good. Um, mm -hmm. These games are cruising. Um, which I'm really enjoying. It's already taken off about half an hour of, of baseball games, 25 minutes to 30 minutes, uh, which I think has been great. I think that there is a competitive edge to it that I'm really enjoying. Mm -hmm. um, but really, the way that these games are, it is just such a better thing to watch on TV for, for my money. What, what are your early thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm having a hard time finding any fault in it. Um, not that I'm looking for fault, but like my my initial takeaway as is that it's been better. Like, what was that that spring training game um, two days ago or uh, on Sunday? Nineteen runs. Yeah, huge game, and it was over in two hours and fifty nine minutes. They actually made a point of it in the broadcast. It came down to like this last pitch, whether the game was going to be under three hours or not, and it came in just under three hours and. In a normal situation, a 19-run game uh, is probably four hours at least. I mean, yeah, right? easy, easy, uh, Now, for sure. spring training is a little bit different. Your pitching changes are a little bit different. You know, uh, a regular season three-hour game or regular season 19-hour game will still will probably go a little bit longer. But still, like the, just the idea of a of a under any circumstance a three-hour uh, a 19 run game taking three hours is pretty yeah. incredible. So, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. Um, there was don't really particularly like this organization, but, um, they did a good job of showcasing this, uh, barstool sports put out a video. Oh, you're of, a huge bar. You're, you're a Portnoy <laughs> freak. Don't, you, don't make, don't, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, they put out a video. 
You you where, like how he treats women, right? That's, that's yeah, the that's, number that's one that's thing. One, yeah. Uh, forget all of the rest. Yeah. yeah. Um, they uh they put out a video where it was Javi Baez. So he's a particularly um. Uh, not how it was it Pedro Baez anyway uh pitcher who is particularly oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh known for being slow in the, the time that he threw one pitch a full inning was done in a or a full side of an inning was done in spring training uh because in this one at bat um with the without the pitch clock he threw over like two or three times he stepped off to look at the the runner behind him I do believe it was a playoff game, so it was a particularly high-stress environment. But still, the point was they had split screen. On one side, you had a full half-inning go, and on the other half, you had a pitcher just sort of walking around, looking around, doing nothing, right? And it's it's pretty incredible that you could – already there was an example of one half-inning taking less than one pitch in a, yeah. in, under the old rules. Um, I did hear – so I would say I, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I think it's a positive change. Um, I did hear one particular sort of counter to it that I had not thought about that I wanted to get your take on um, that. I think overall it's a net good, but where there is a possible uh, negative side to this is the actual ballpark experience. Um, you know, going to a baseball game has this sort of reputation and vibe of you're going to go and you're going to be there for a while. And, it's part of a game going to a baseball game is that like you're in the stadium for an extended amount of time. Hell, even some, you know, some cities it's like standard to show up a little bit late, whether you agree with that or not. Like it's part of the vibe of baseball. It's a summer day. I'm going to spend the day at the ballpark. Uh, last call is at the, the seventh inning, which may be two and a half hours into the game. Uh, that's very different. Now, if the game's going to be two hours and 15 minutes, uh, and that's like a pretty standard operating procedure for a baseball game. You're going to have your last call like an hour and a half in. If you miss it by 15 minutes, you might miss the first two innings, right? It's going to make the game like a far more compact thing. And and the effort to go to a baseball game and the the standard what you expect when you do actually get the family together to go to a baseball game there may be some feelings of like, well, that wasn't worth it. We were only there for two hours and 20 minutes. Last call was an hour and a half in. I spent $150 on concessions. Like, damn, that went by too fast. Uh, are we overthinking that? Or what's your, you go to a lot of games, but yeah. you also, it's, you know, you're, it, you have a different setup than a lot of people going to games, right? So what what's your take on that? Yeah, I think that that's fine and dandy, but I, I think it's, I don't, I don't really view that as a real problem. Like, especially me, if, like you said, I, I do like to go to a lot of games. So if I'm going to more games and I'm getting like many hours of my personal time back, I'm for that. Um, and I think like, you know, I can absolutely speak this. This is true for Bush. Uh, this is true for Wrigley. This is true for uh, uh, Coors Field. Um, the, the ballparks that I've spent a lot of time at, I, I would say that in my limited experience, this is true for Fenway. Um, but like you can show up early, you can stay a little bit late. You can be around the ballpark. Also, all three of those ballparks I just mentioned have like a ballpark village around them. I think that yeah. you can still kind of extend it. Um, but I think the uptick in the action and I think what we've seen as far as like, there's just a little more. It, things are just moving. I, I, it's just yeah. a better product. And I think that for my money, that outweighs 
yeah. what you're talking about. I'm also not lugging, you know, three kids, 45 minutes down and making a whole day out of it. So my perspective is much different. Yeah. Um, but my, my, uh, like my understanding is like for children, they'll like a shorter game for a thousand different reasons. Right. Um, and myself, like I said, I, you know, I go to enough games that I'm like actually getting an amount of time back that I'm looking forward to. All that being said, I do think that this, all of these changes are specifically focused on the TV product. Yeah. Like we've which said this smart. a thousand. Yeah. Which yeah. is smart because that's yeah. how most people are interacting with it. Like yeah. Cardinals draw 3.3 million people a year, somewhere around there. Their, their TV numbers are way, way, way over that. Like that, that is who they're thinking about. That's who they're trying to get. They're, they're trying to get sports bars filled and, and homes and, and all that stuff. And like, you know, I, especially us two, like we're, we just love baseball. Um, right. I don't care if I, if I go to a, a game and it's four hours long, I'm having a great time. I'm, I'm staying there from first pitch to last pitch. I, I, I love it. Like, and, and I think that, and I'm sure most people who are listening to us talk right now, like these changes aren't for us. These changes, right. we like the product. The product is good. It, it's, we, we love the sport. We love the athleticism. We love the metagaming pitcher catcher, uh, d- defensive situational uh, or uh, positioning in situations like we're here for all that, but they don't care about us. They they have us locked in. We're we're giving them our money every year um, <laughs> since before we yeah. could really even remember and have money. So, yeah, I, I know it's kind of a, like a, a windy opinion to land on, but but that's kind of where I'm at. I, I think it's fine. I think it, the product is good. Um, I, I think it's. You know, a lot of people like who aren't baseball fans, I don't think this is going to everyone's going to flip over and watch Cardinals games all year now or, or baseball games all year now just because of these changes. But I think a lot of people who criticize it's like there's just a lot of nothing happening in baseball or what is perceived yeah. by somebody who doesn't watch 150 plus games a year is nothing happening right now. I think like if you're listening to this podcast and you're watching baseball with somebody who's maybe not a huge baseball fan, like I think as long as you're not being an obnoxious person, it's fun to sit there and be like, hey, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing right. when when shifts could happen. Here's why this is interesting. Or here's why there, there's kind of a, a like a, a cost analysis of moving uh, Arenado over here. Here's what they're opening up. But this is why they're doing this. And to people like sickos like us. We like all that stuff. Just the nastiest. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I I like I'm not gonna kid myself. I know that's not for everybody. I know yeah. people don't care. Really, I think ninety percent of American sports watchers want to see big, strong men do athletic things, hate dives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stubby clap tackles. Um, oh um, yeah. Bring it down the polar bear. Yeah, they all they really want to see is extremely athletic people doing extremely athletic things. And I think the nuances like it's, it's here for us. Um, it, but don't kid yourself. It, it's just not yeah. for everybody. And I'm, yeah, I, I've made peace with that fact, I suppose. Well, uh, I'm just saying it, there will be a time when at least one owner is going to complain about reduced concession sales and yeah. we all have to be prepared to be, <laughs> pissed off about them yeah <laughs> making well, this change and then uh being negative towards the fans about it so yeah and, and i'll be curious <laughs> to see like i hope well will we hear that i think you're probably 100 percent right we'll, we will hear that what would be nice though so what they do at Coors is, is you know they turned the what used to be the fourth level deck uh behind uh right field it used to just be the, the super super cheap seats 
what they did is blew out all those seats, put two massive bars up there, and there's a taco shop. And you can go up there, get drinks, it's standing room, walk around, hang out. I, I think that is what I would encourage all baseball stadiums to do. Yeah. I would like if I was in St. Louis, I'd be fine. I'll show up to Bush 30 minutes early, get a little extra time. I'd go grab a nice beer and then, uh, you know, have that beer, do a little mingling and then go find my seats. That's what I, I, I would encourage them to do. Like you can you should spend three hours plus in the ballpark. It's a good place to be. Um, yeah. Now we'll see if they encourage that or, or, or make that available or whatever, I guess. I wonder if they'll uh, remove the um, standard of seventh inning being last call. Like, I, I think part of that was tradition and part of it is just to give the uh, concession staff a chance to clean up and start closing down before the end of the game so they can go home, which like all for that. Uh, but I wonder if if removing uh, on average a half an hour off of every game if not more and you know that's average like some of these games are ending at like two hours uh if they will consider changing some of that structure um so yeah i I mean i think like mlb owners are already spoiled because they get like double the games that any other uh, sport gets yeah um but i am i think like put a put a reminder by that comment i think you are a hundred percent right we will hear that we will hear that like (laughs) quickly it's gonna be in it's gonna be in <laughs> april <laughs> yeah. yeah they're gonna they're gonna get uh presented their year over year by some guy in accounting and uh there's yeah. gonna be an angelos tweet or uh or a, a bob nutting uh grumble or oh we gotta yeah. trade cabrian hayes because i'm not selling my yinglings we, at the rate yeah, yeah they're gonna be like the owners want you to buy more beers or something there'll be an article somewhere about that Th- yeah. that being said like of all things for mlb owners like at least i can agree with that i am also here to buy more beers so <laughs> uh, we we can we maybe can if it wasn't one. maybe if it wasn't 12 dollars for Ooh. every beer am i right yeah, that, that's a whole other podcast right there. That pisses <laughs> that me off. That is a whole other podcast. Yes. All right. Um, well, yeah, so I think so far <laughs> to recap, we're in favor of this change. It's been a good change. Um, so let's jump into uh, some of the actual yeah. uh, like news from spring training on the field. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about the rule changes. What else do you want to talk about that we've I- seen in the last week? I mean, if there's one story in baseball right now, Nate, it is the 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 grudge match, the the <laughs> the, the the death match, the the first blood fight, uh, <laughs> yeah, between Ali Marmol and CB Buckner. <laughs> wow, that was pretty, yeah, it's good. That, I, that was you, like my I, prom, my WWF promo. Yeah, yeah, like their faces on each side of the screen, like yeah. Her. You know, yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I think I tried to do that uh, bit last week. Um, so if so, if yeah, 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 yeah you if, take if it. If somehow you missed this, um, some may remember. Get out from under your rock, yeah. bro. Uh, remember from last year, <laughs> yeah, uh, where there was a game where CB Buckner was being uh, his typical terrible uh, uh, behind home plate self. Yes, and. There's actually, I, I'd recommend, uh, it gave me a chance to rewatch it. Uh, John Boy, who we love, has one of his classic breakdowns of, yeah. of this game. is really funny because uh, in this game, both 
Marmol and Lavallo, the Diamondbacks manager, were both pissed off at Buckner because he was being bad for both teams. And even the broadcast booth was talking about like which which of these managers is going to get thrown out first, you know. So it was uh, it was particularly bad. Yeah. And so basically, Marmol explodes screaming he, at Buckner, rightfully, you know. And he told him to retire, which yeah. I think is what really, yeah, got. To and, and Buckner, sixty years old. Yeah, he said, "Get out of the game! Like you're done. You're like you're you're. I think it, like you're too old for this. Some like like attacking his age, which you know, okay, like it like that's fine. Maybe maybe not attack like someone's age, but hey, don't sports, mess with Ali. That's what yeah. I, I think. That's the lesson <laughs> yeah. here. Well, and in sports. To be fair, like if there's any arena where age is uh, is a is a very uh, uh, um, impactful you know piece of whether you're good at something or not, uh, you know it's it's a, at least the one place that maybe it's more fair to attack someone for their age. So uh, so CB Buckner though apparently holds a grudge because yep. now in this season Marmol went out to shake his hand and he refused and wow. What a uh, what a fun little fight we've had from this. <laughs> I think it's extra fun because I have never heard of this happening ever. Yeah, like there's yeah. no precedent for this. They usually like you shake the guy's hand and call him a you know call him an mf or under your breath. Like you you just shake the hand, do the thing. Yeah, do but the CB thing. Buckner being so petty and not extending his hand for Ali Marmal before spring training game is hilarious. Ali Marmal asked after the game what he thought about that, and he said. Uh, I don't think he's good at his job, and it just shows a lack of class as a man. <laughs> yeah. so Damn, now, Ali. Ali goes at your age, and now he's yeah. you know, calling him classless. Uh, so th- this is really the bulk of the story, frankly. Ba- you know, Marmol came out hot uh, in the interview, and then the, uh, the next day, he went out and Buckner did shake his hand. Yeah, I think it was the uh, day. Yeah, there there was some timeline, but he did shake so, it. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, you know, handshake watch, the the you know, the <laughs> thing that we were all looking for this this spring training. Yeah. Uh and you know, there's we we'll probably never know or we won't know for a while, but the understanding is that both guys were talked to by the MLB. There may have been some sort of punishment handed to Marmal for outwardly saying oh, i think yeah. that, he caught a fine he yeah. caught a fine yeah, <laughs> yeah. for you know, sure he did you can't normally say i think they're bad at their job uh you know that's <laughs> yeah. that's not you know but uh hey you know what i love it i you yeah. know i think i frankly i think these umpires do need to be called out a little bit more you know most of them are are really good at their job um but some guys like buckner i mean it's he's just been bad for a while now and it's a major reason why there's so many calls for uh um robot umpires and things yeah. like that and it's heading in that direction anyway so like i think it's good for these guys to be called out like this what, what drives me i totally agree with you what drives me insane is that you have guys like cb buckner you have guys like angel hernandez and they make mistakes and i think that you and i and ali and players and, and everyone would be a little more empathetic if there was any transparency around right if if cb buckner misses a call they get in a fight he looks at the replay and says you know what you were right i'll try not to make that mistake again or i'm sorry that affected the game boom move on and i think we would all be less 
on their asses about it. But that is what is so frustrating is that they are this like immovable, untransparent object that you can't see inside of. And when you see Angel Hernandez change the outcome of a game by calling everything north of the strike zone uh, a, a strike, you lose your mind. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. That's why you got the Kyle Schwarber blow up last year's because he was just doing that bad <laughs> of a job. That's another good one. Yeah, uh, that, another that good was one. like maybe the best blow up of last yeah, year. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that, that's if, 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 just oh, have yeah, him if, come out and say like, uh, <laughs> "We're both so fired up about this." Yeah. Uh, if umpire was just like, "Man, spin rates these days, right? Like, it's hard to sometimes. It's hard." Yeah. Like, I think we'd have such a better connection with these guys hey i missed it it wasn't on purpose i'm a human i made a mistake yeah i'm gonna try to be better that is so easy but they just sit there they rarely do interviews with the press they very very rarely apologize i blame joe west for a lot of like the culture around the way that ump street uh this whole process and like the media and everything like that i'm glad yeah. he's gone and now Maybe. he's editing his own wikipedia pages and all that <laughs> yeah. weird shit that's going on with joe west but anyways like on the one hand i get it because there is like there's a, there'd be a, com a competitive strangeness where if like sometimes umpires were coming out and be like yeah i blew that call and it was like a really important one and it and it impacted the game like you'd be setting a weird tone on like when do you admit that it was a bad call versus not but even still like even if you don't get to the point where they're saying like yes i blew that specific call or yeah. whatever just a little bit more humility around it i think we would all be a little bit more empathetic to them um, but as it stands yeah you're like there there's no there's no um there's nothing coming back towards the fans and yeah. we we care a lot about it and it's very frustrating uh the human element is always going to be a part of this game but it, it sucks when the human element impacts the execution of rules the human element yep. i want to see is were you able to hit that fastball you know were you able to make that catch i don't want the human element to be like were the rules executed properly yep. that that's frustrating so, yeah uh funny story, i'll say though. again i'm i'm yeah. pro review process i, I want the yeah. ball strike review well, that's process. coming that's coming so yeah or, well there's obviously a couple different proposals but something is changing soon and yeah. this is just another example of why it needs yeah. to happen yeah uh, but let's I'll, talk about actual let, we we gotta yeah. move on <laughs> well I, yeah, about actual I, I just want to button it up really quick like CB Buckner should be allowed to call Cardinals games. It's not that big of a deal. This will be over. Um, all right. Now we can move on. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's People like calling for his head. It's like, whoa, whoa, just a handshake. Yeah. All right. So actual game talk. We've already hey. uh I was I was saying in, in the bird scored though, it was funny, like, man, this offseason we were kind of stretching for topics at times. And now I don't after know what you're talking one, about. What? Yeah, never mind. We, we nailed it 100 percent <laughs> of the time. Uh, you're right. Um, one weekend, and there's like so much shit to talk about. Already. Yes, there is. So, um, what are your high points so far from the from the few games that we've gotten? Yeah, well, so I, I guess I, I want to start off the field, and then we can get back on the field. Uh, but Jordan Walker, he's had a couple of starts, looked good. Um, Eduardo Perez believes he saw a home run hit by Jordan Walker in batting practice that went close to 500 feet. Um, talking about yeah. how he hasn't seen a ball hit like that since Mark McGuire. Uh, so if that's not enough to get too excited, uh, Jordan Walker was talking to Buster Olney, uh, during the ESPN game before the ESPN game. And, uh, Buster Olney goes, Jordan, you don't look like what I thought you'd look like. He's like, it looks like you grew a little bit. And Jordan kind of sheepishly goes, uh, all right. Well, I won't lie to you. I, I grew an inch 
and I packed on a little more weight. And uh, <laughs> uh, Jordan Walker told Buster that he is now 6'6", 250. Um, and what I thought was interesting is that uh, as soon as Walker said that, uh, Buster only goes, that's exactly the same size of Giancarlo Stanton. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, I, I'm just never getting off this hype train. How, how, <laughs> the kid's still growing. He's already, uh, I'm He's sure. Only He's he he could just be, a he monster. Could... He could grow another inch still. It's unlikely, but you know, he's only 20. Yeah. He's a real beef boy. He is a he is captain beef boy. But yeah, he is now <laughs> reporting at 6'6, 250. I mean, he hit a 430 some odd foot bomb. I think it was 109 off the bat. Like first it's game. Just, what first game he's starting. Good. Like, yeah. What what more could you ask for than uh than a straight tank shot and off of Johnny Cueto. Yes. Uh, you know, it just makes it feel even better. So, yeah, I mean, the hype is real and it's only getting higher. Like immediately it's been like, <sighs> oh, shit. OK, this kid like, you know, it's only been a handful of games. It, it's too early to make any sort of judgment. But I know. Um, but man, like. But yeah, you're, you're talking about Tyler O'Neill playing center field. Maybe that's really just to make room for Jordan Walker. And that's that's it. Like, I think these next two shows that we're going to do these next two, three shows that we're going to do. Jordan Walker is going to get at bats almost every day against major league pitching. We're going to. I mean, yeah, you'll be watching your career with great interest, Jordan Walker. Like, uh, yeah, I, 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 it's very, very exciting. The only thing that I think stops him from breaking camp is these guys that are like logically ahead of him in the depth chart also doing well. We've talked yeah. about this before. Like he's going to have to out hit um, by a, by a pretty good margin. Um, a couple of guys that are expected to be uh, big league starters this year. And I do think we have to temper our expectations a little bit because there is a, there's a very sound reason for why Jordan Walker shouldn't start this year off uh, in the, on the major league team, even if he completely crushes in the, uh, in this spring training camp, that might not be what we want as fans. Um, but like, basically, unless he's coming in as the, as a starter, uh, you could make a argument that he should start at triple yeah. a until there's a starting spot for him in St. Louis. So, and you I, know. I uh, like there, the other wrinkle, the only like naysay I'll really do. I think you're probably right on. Like that, that's the most probable. Like that, that's the way that the tea leaves are, are showing. Right, that that's the way I expect it to go. But I think it should be noted with the CBA changes that happened last year. If you uh, place in Rookie of the Year voting, you get an entire year of service time. I think the Cardinals are extremely confident in him, and I think if you're going to bank that year of service time, almost no matter what, which you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about putting like a percentage odds on Jordan Walker placing in the rookie of the year, other than the fact that I feel pretty confident that if he gets playing time, he'll do that. Then the Cardinals yeah. have to think about, well, if we're paying for a whole year of Walker, do we just get a whole year of Walker? Is he hitting that yeah. well in spring training? And I think that's another thing that's kind of making this water a little bit more murky it was like Adley Rutschman, he took a, the first two months off, I think, and but still got full service time. And I bet you the Orioles would have rather just had that whole season of them. Um, yeah, the Orioles. It's an are, interesting point. We shouldn't yeah. talk about the Orioles because they're not run in a way that makes a lot of sense to me. But some, uh, something yeah. to think about. I think 
that that is an interesting point. I had not really thought very much about that. Um, I, I think was or I was thinking more from just a like developmental standpoint. There's that adage of like it's better to get every day at bats in the minors than uh, being a bench player in sure. the majors. Um, and so like we we are gonna really need to see like a Newt Bar and O'Neill or a Carlson fail extensively before Walker gets a starting spot. And so why not have him playing every day at triple a while we, uh, you know, we don't want one of those guys to fail. Um, but while we wait for some version of that or somebody getting hurt to where we say, all right, Walker, you're the right fielder for the next three weeks, like go. And then, and then we, you know, the rest is history from there and and, in whatever direction it goes. Um, so I'm just, maybe I'm just trying to keep myself, uh, you know, calm here and be, and and keep my expectations tempered because he's also a 20 year old crushing in spring. Like uh, Paul DeYoung hits 350 every spring, you know? So hey, you never hey, Paul, know what paul has got two walks, no strikeouts right now. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Walker yeah. story is what everyone's talking about. And rightfully so. I mean, he he's, and did you see his interview? He's funny. He's a oh funny guy. The yeah. Guy, I, he looks, he's got, he's got the it factor. He's, he's yeah. charming. I, I think Eduardo Perez already said that he's going to be like a, a, a face of the game. And, and it like he he's funny. He's smart. He is easy to talk to. He's got a big smile. He's a monster. Like, it's just all great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like. I, OK, I, yeah, I, I'm yeah, just starting to think of we're geeking J-Rod out now. So, know, yeah, let's yeah. move on. Um, so, here's another fun development. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm jumping in. Um, Brandon Donovan. Rookie of the year candidate last year. Yeah. Gold glove winner. Yeah. Two bombs in two games. The one, the one knock against Brendan Donovan's profile is that he's not a power threat. He hit five home runs over the full year last year. He's always been a doubles guy. Uh, and there's a lot of value in that. He put up over four war last year with exactly his profile. And we'd be happy to get anything close to that oh, ever yeah. again. Uh, so don't get me wrong. That profile plays. But if you were hoping that Brendan Donovan could become something more, that's his area for opportunity, right? If he suddenly becomes a even 10 to 15 home run a year guy with what, with the other things that he brings, you're suddenly looking at one of the best second baseman or best utility players in baseball. If you don't already start to consider him approaching that camp off of last year, like that puts him into uh, five, six war territory, you know, it, it really starts to open up his, uh, his impact. I mean, I I don't think if this is the way that he's trending and I don't want to overreact too aggressively on two bombs and in a couple of games in early spring training, but it's notable. He hit five home runs all of last year. He hits two right away. Something, you know, it's, we know he went to Marucci. It's, it's possible something has changed and maybe even it's just his approach. He's being a little more aggressive when he's got a couple of strikes to play with, and then he can get down to grinder mode. Um, but like if his profile, his versatility, his walk rate, and if he adds 20, uh, 15, 20 home run power, you're basically talking about Ben Zobrist, who was an extremely valuable player for the Rays for many, many years. And the Um, Cubs. Part of the it, well, centerpiece yeah. of the Cubs one in the World Series, like but we don't like to talk that. about. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but he was great <laughs> for the Rays. He was yeah. great for the Rays. Like one of the best season, like underrated seasons in the last twenty years. Uh, he put up like a nine WAR 
uh, season with him just being yeah. super valuable over the place. So like that is like assuming Brendan Donovan can kind of keep his eye, keep his approach and keep his versatility. Like that is the kind of player value that we're talking about. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know what else to say other than like, I'll be closely watching to see yeah. if he has more power. Um, but the fact that he hit a couple of balls at one, I think they were both one Oh five or, or plus that um, already is great news for us. Yeah. Well, it stands out too, because if this had just happened out of nowhere, we we'd be talking about it, but in a different way, the fact that he went into the off season with a plan of coming back this season with more muscle and a swing more tooled towards power. And we're seeing it already. You know, it's the early signs of a yeah. of a real change. Now, again, spring training is whatever it, it you know it, the pitchers might have been working on. You know how 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 bad can I throw a change up today? And sure. you know, that happened to be the thing that he hit. But still, you have a plan, and you're starting to see early results. That's cool. So we'll continue to monitor monitor it. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Yeah, I think a couple of pitching prospect or pitchers that I've just been excited to see early going. Um, obviously, we've seen all the big guys and really nobody's looked horrible or anything like that. So nothing crazy to report. Um, also, I think a first outing for any pitcher in spring training yeah. means absolutely nothing. That being said, we got to lay eyes on some people that I thought was really exciting. We had to see Tinkhead's pitch uh, in yeah. big league camp, which man, oh man, if that kid doesn't look good, like he is yeah, just yeah. he is fun, um, like that wiry strength and that easy gas is really really exciting and that i mean that slider plays today um and that fastball plays today it's all about you know consistency and and blah 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 uh, is, we got uh a, certainly easy gas something you're familiar with after your uh your round through the concession you, stands i saw you <laughs> smile that was what you were smiling about that really <laughs> that was I, I had to say it. Yeah. All right, go go on. You're better than that. <laughs> oh my 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 dear boy. <laughs> no, no, Easy no, no. Gas on your wow, jeez. <laughs> um, so that uh, Wilking, we saw Vilking, Wilking yeah. Rodriguez, which was really exciting. He th- like the speedo wasn't exactly where we thought. Again, first first time out of the bullpen. Not not too worried about it, but the stuff looked good. Telling you what that beard, um, super looking. like that beard is bulletproof, and the mm-hmm. uh, the the free upper lip is just rocking it for me. I might switch <laughs> up mid season here to to get that vibe going. So it's excited. a bold move. It really <laughs> it backfire quickly, you know. <laughs> um, and I think for me, the surprise name I wanted to talk about was that Kyle Lehi 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 right. Lehi Lehi. Never heard of this guy. Um, he's 25. He's built like a monster. He's like six, six, uh, and, and, a, a like filled out larger guy comes in, gets three K's fastballs looking fantastic. And, and I'm kind of like, well, where the hell did this guy come from? This, this plays clearly, um, you know, is he going to be a bullpen piece? Is he a, a starting rotation guy? What, what kind of job is he trying to look for here? Um, but very, very impressed by what I saw from mm-hmm. him. Yeah, um, seems like this happens every year. Is there's somebody in spring that we didn't even really think of them as an option? Maybe didn't even know how to say their name. Yeah, and then uh, they look good and become a part of the conversation. So maybe it's this guy. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are the pitching names. The last thing I just wanted to chat about before we move on uh, was you know we'll, we'll talk about Manny Machado's contract a little later in the show. 
Uh, and that caused Nolan to kind of respond and, uh, and talk about the money he left on the table. And I think all Cardinals fans will be pleased to know, like, sounds like he knew what he was doing. He uh, he made yeah. a calculated risk. He wanted to be in St. Louis. It sounds like it was really never even a question of him opting out. Realistically, it was more just him wanting to sit down with Mo, break bread, make sure that they're on the same page, kind of a formality more than anything. Um, and then he gave us this quote, which I thought was refreshing. It's refreshing. That being said, I also think baseball players should do whatever they can to get the most money. So, but yeah, it is nice to hear Nolan say, uh, I make more than enough money more than I deserve um, when he, when kind of asked about Manny Machado and the earning potential that he potentially left on the table. And th- this is something that we've kind of alerted, uh, alluded to is that Nolan is a little just different than your average baseball player. And like, I, I think this to me is I want to win a world series. The Cardinals are in the playoffs most often. I, this is what I want. Yeah. I, I think it ultimately comes down to that. It's what he wants. And obviously as Cardinal fans, this is, freaking cardinal fodder right oh this cat, is like yeah this is like wilson Contreras saying the cardinals are a better organization than the cubs right this is this is the stuff that we want that yeah. you know we we you know we say the cardinal way and all this and then you know it's usually hard to actually have anything to point to to say yeah we're people just like our organization better than but you get little things like this and we love it um, and I think it's great. I love it. I love it for Arenado. He's content. He's on a team that he wants to be on. And then from a fan perspective, we get to watch, uh, one of the best third basemen of all time. Uh, and also we understand that it continues to give more payroll flexibility when there may not have been. So it's a win-win for everybody. Only thing I want to say is like Machado. Well, I might not like him personally is not a bad guy for instead saying, no, give me as much money as possible. Oh, yeah. No. Um, and if Arenado, you and I, before he opted in, we were saying he should opt out. He should ask for more money. So it, it's there's been this like, you know, this thing online of people saying like, oh, Arenado is like a better guy because he or he's like more has higher morals or oh, something yeah. like that. Like, that's not true. It's not. It really yeah. is not. We so. <laughs> It should be like they might be fine people. I don't know. But be clear about this. Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado are completely insane. It is the only (laughs) way you get to where they are. They are completely nuts. And I am sure they are extreme. Both of them are extremely selfish. I don't think that that's a bad thing. That's just the way that it is. You kind of have to be to get to this level in, in athletics. So the point being is that like these guys are doing what feels right to them and and ultimately, that's their choice. And, uh, you know, it's not like the 90s anymore. These guys who are seeking money only, uh, we should understand that. And and it's not a moral failing uh, because they are part of kind of an exploitive world in and of itself. And if they want to get everything they can out of it, like good for them, too. So, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, we've got more to talk about, as always. And before we do... We want to remind all of our listeners that this show is supported on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash talking about birds. We've got multiple different levels, um, but any subscriber gets access to our private discord. It's called the bird scored uh, really been heating up lately with all the in-game action. Um, great place to go and talk about Cardinals and baseball and get away from the noise of all your other social media. 
um, you know, enjoy the season in a way that maybe you haven't been able to before. Uh, we're in there chatting all the time, sharing interesting uh, links or just having stupid conversations. Uh, it's a ton of fun. So uh, talkingaboutbirds.com or patreon.com slash talkingaboutbirds. <laughs> Check it out. Also, hey, if you subscribe, uh, you get early access to episodes. Sometimes that is only a couple hours. Sometimes it's multiple days. It kind of depends on our recording schedule. So uh, if you want to hear our stale takes before they're even, uh, you know, a little bit more stale, like get in the get in the Patreon. Um, If you can't do that, uh, we would appreciate it if you would uh, leave us a positive review on your favorite podcast platform. It does help. Uh, you could do something like CRF underscore B did, leaving us a very nice uh, remark on Apple Podcasts saying uh, this is they listen to a ton of podcasts and this is easily one of their top follows. Oof. Well, CRF underscore B, you're one of our top follows. Thank you so much for <laughs> for that. You're on fire. <laughs> Thank you. Um, ben, uh, where else can people find us and support us online? Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. You can all, uh, also follow us on our new TikTok at wow. TalkingAboutBirds. We're we're cool. We get it. Dude, we're so cool. Um, yeah. Uh, we're not... TikTok and left and right over TikTok here. TikTok and left and right. Uh, if you we're a regular old clock. That... That that might be the best one you had today. <laughs> that was okay. Uh, if you prefer to listen to us on Spotify, we are available there as well as your favorite podcast app, like Nate said. Uh, and if you want to interact with us, chat with us, bug us, ask us questions, um, get good recipe ideas, hit us up at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're uh, we're starting something new with our uh, spring training coverage here for the next four weeks. We are going to cover a another team in the NL Central, kind of give a a quick preview of what to look for from them this year, some of their off season and uh, why the NL Central is, you know, maybe not the worst league uh, division in baseball, but <laughs> it's it's close. We're definitely competing with the AL Central for the worst division yeah. in baseball. So uh, we're going to start that coverage this week with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, you know, famously awesome team with a great ownership group that we are happy to talk about this week. So, uh, Ben, you sort of dreamt up this this segment. How are you thinking about doing this? Yeah, yeah. So I think like as far as the order we're doing it in, it's going in like of a projected of, of division winners. So we're starting at the bottom and we'll work our way to the top. And yeah, I think uh, let's just kind of talk about the red seasons, the Reds off season in general. Um, and last off season, they obviously uh, pretty much tore everything down, got rid of a lot of big names. Uh, really, all of their big names except for Joey Votto have left the team. I guess it does. Jonathan India still count as a big name? I don't. I don't think so. He's kind uh, of well, a step back. Yeah, he was looking like a big name, and then he yeah. had a pretty pretty rough last year. So, and, and you know, well, I guess we'll, we'll get into the uh, the transactions first. They had notable losses. Where they are saying goodbye to Jeff Hoffman. Um, who was a former Rockies prospect. He's been traded around a couple of times and at least had some arm talent, but never really came to fruition for them. Uh, Donovan Solano and Justin Wilson, all three of those guys weirdly are sticking in the central, but now they're in the AL central. All three of them signed with the twins. Um, So the little reds contingent of decent bench 
periphery players have now gone to the yeah. twins. Um, it's rough and, when your notable exits are still just like <laughs> bench pieces. Yeah. Who like who yeah. even are those guys? Like it, it is uh, pretty sad. They also lost Colin Moran, um, who is now a Mariner. I'm sure Cardinals fans remember him because his time with the Pirates, he kind of beat up on the on the Cardinals quite a bit. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they're notable losses. I mean, really notable. <laughs> it's a it's a sliding scale, Um. you know, I guess, based on your yeah. team's performance. Uh, the additions are a little more interesting. We have Will Myers signed with the Reds for one year. I actually think that that could be a really, really great landing space for Will Myers. I think so, too. He might be their best player this year. Um, at least position player is a good shot at it. Uh, in yeah. that ballpark, it's probably a smart move, both for them and for him. A one-year yeah. deal. Um, he had some really good years oh, over yeah. the last you know, decade, so uh, it makes sense. The probability of him playing an entire six months in Cincinnati and not getting traded seems pretty unlikely to me. That being said, right-handed power bats aren't super hot. Well, I guess we'll see what happens, but yeah, yeah that's, that's their far and away biggest signing. Uh, they also signed two catchers. Tyler Stevenson has got a little bit of a health issue. So they've signed Luke Maley and Kurt Casale, two backups who are probably going to take the majority of the load, depending on what happens. Tyler Stevenson, who I think is in the conversation for the best player on the team, but that, you know, we're talking yeah. about three war players and, 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 Dividing, you know, trying to decide who's most relevant. Um, and then Cardinals fans, a, a name everyone will remember. Luke Weaver is also getting a shot at taking either their fourth or fifth spot in the rotation. So uh, opposite of Will Myers, horrible landing spot for Luke Weaver. And if I'm trying to rebuild my value, going to pitch in Great American Ballpark is not the place that I would land. But, you know, a job's a job. You got to get paid. So Job's a job. And I will like... Cincinnati has developed some pitchers recently. Yeah. Um, now maybe, uh, well, let's just get into those. Maybe Nick Lodolo and Hunter green are just so talented that you could give them any instruction and they would be doing what they're doing. But the, the reds have a very short, very brief history of developing a couple of pitchers. Maybe that's what Luke is thinking. He likes the program. Um, but I, I think far and away, at least for my money, the most, the two most exciting players on this team are, like I just said, Nick Lodolo, starting pitcher, Hunter Green, who's, if he's not, he's not a household name yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if this guy starts yeah. launching into the stratosphere here pretty soon. Both these guys, uh, this is the one thing if you're a Reds fan, uh, and they have a high end uh, position player prospect we'll talk about in a minute, but um, these two pitchers are really the thing you're looking for to say, like, if this team is going to be good in the relative near future, it's going to be uh, behind the top of their rotation, hopefully with these two guys yeah. crushing at the top. Um, and, they both have shown flashes of, of, of real excellence. And so uh, hopefully the Cardinals, you know, make them not that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. And I like if, if they both ascend to the number one ACE level pitcher here in the next year or two, that's, that's shouldn't surprise anybody. Like, Right. Hunter Green might be the most talented, just like pure talent, physicality in baseball start, starting pitcher right now. The talk about easy gas. The guy's just sitting at 101 all day. Um, and Lodolo can strike out everybody. So, um, yeah, very exciting yeah. for the Reds fans. Yeah, they've definitely done a few rounds at the concession stand. Let's go. talk about uh, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the prospects because. Um, obviously Lodolo and green are the two biggest names right now, but, uh, 
one of the biggest developments for the Reds in 2022 was the sudden ascension of prospect Ellie De La Cruz. Great name. Uh, and he is a big dude who hits the ball really hard. Yes. Yeah, I, I have written down, written down in our little outline here. He's basically like a smaller ver- version of O'Neill Cruz, which everyone is because he's like 6'9". But Ellie De La Cruz, I think he's like 6'5", rocket arm, huge raw power. Uh, the glove is decent. It looks like he's going to stick it. Sh- he's going to be the biggest shortstop short, uh, outside of ne- uh, O'Neill Cruz. Um, yeah. and he's got all of the tools. He is he is fast. I think the only thing that's maybe lagging a little bit is the glove work. But again, the Reds think he can stick at short at least enough to uh, uh, play there for uh, a few years. Um, this guy is somebody who w- it, the 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 Reds position player issue is so bad that it, it's going to be really hard for them to keep. De La Cruz in the minors for much time without the fans starting to yeah. because that that's how good we think he's going to be. Um, and that's how bad <laughs> the Reds entire position player group is. Yeah, there's a very high likelihood that he will be the top prospect in baseball uh, very, very soon. It's going to come down to uh, eligibility. You yeah. know, who gets called up first? Obviously, right now, most people see Henderson and Carroll as the two top prospects. And then right behind them, it's Kind of pick your poison between Jordan Walker and Ellie De La Cruz uh, and a few other guys. Yeah, and, who's that kid uh, with the Marlins? That pitcher uh, who is just impre- Yuri Perez. That guy Yuri is Perez. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so it likely like who's number one will most likely just come down to like who's left standing between who gets promoted and whatnot. But all these guys, like we are, we are big hype about Jordan Walker and Reds fans are ha- have an equal amount of hype for. Uh, for this guy. So yeah. uh, this is going to be someone that as Cardinal fans, we're likely going to have to deal with uh, <laughs> for the next decade. Yeah. Um, yeah. And outside of that, another prospect, uh, most of their system is kind of those guys who aren't projected to come up until like 26, 27, eight, 20, uh, 28. Um, but Spencer steer stocky third baseman, pretty big bat. It's really hit tool over power, but he he's a big, strong kid would not be surprised, especially in that ballpark. Like we were talking about earlier, if he starts to just poke the ball over the wall, you know, 25, 30 times this year, uh, his glove is, is more than fine enough to stick at third. Um, but I expect I, my bet is that he will break camp and just take over the third base job. Um, yeah. and, and that's the way the season's going to go. They're just going to basically sit him down there for 150 games and see what he can do. That's the expectation. He got some big league time last year. It's all set up for him to have a, a starting spot this year. And uh, yeah, the the power development will be the thing that sets him apart from a league average, slightly above league average, like a, a major contributor to their future success. And, and um, I mean, the name Spencer Steer, that just sounds like a, a big, hard hitting third baseman to me. It's, it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Reds. We just we just talked some some flowers on some of these prospects, but that they are just prospects. <laughs> There's really uh, nothing to be excited about from their existing lineup, uh, other than you know we just like Joey Votto, but he's not really the same player anymore. Um, yeah, and I think you yeah. know th- that's going to be the big story for the Reds this year is Joey Votto. This is his final year. He's got a team option for next year. So the the uh, Reds have a thirteen million dollar decision. They can either retain 
Joey Votto for one more year, or they can give him a $7 million buyout. Um, but if, if I had to bet money the way that the Reds have been operating, I think that this is probably going to be Votto's last year with the Reds. Um, so, so that's a storyline. You know, what does he do? Does he get traded? Um, obviously, he's a five and 10 guy, so he has the ability to nix any trade um, that would happen. But be curious to see kind of how that plays out. Um, so, Nate, obviously, Reds are predicted to be last in the division. We think they're going to be pretty bad. Um, the, uh, fan graphs projects them, pr- fan graphs projections have them at 67 wins, 95 losses. Are you going over and under on that win total? Uh, I was gonna say under my, yeah. my, was my, my, was my first, I was thinking around 65 wins was my projection. Um, I'm going to stick with that. I think green and Lodolo, even if they do. Uh, come out and develop like everyone is expecting. Uh, they still just don't have anything else behind them. You know, they they don't have much of a bullpen. They don't have much of a lineup. Uh, maybe there's a world where Steer breaks out, De La Cruz breaks out, Lodolo and Green are both good, and they win 75 games. <laughs> you know, but I think more likely is that most of these guys take time to develop, just like most people do, and. Uh, I'm going to say under on 67. Yeah, I think I think I'll agree with you. Like looking at this team, you know, we talked about looking at the Cardinals projections and every single player is projected to have at least two or more. Uh, It is the exact opposite story for the Reds. The only position that is expected at two and it's only two point one is catcher. And I think that that is going to be highly It is really going to rely on if Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, he's going to play this much uh, much this year. And he had that horrible injury last year. Um, it's just a bad team. So yeah, I'll take the yeah. under on 67 as well. Cause, I think cause remember, uh, two war is league average. So yeah. we, sometimes it, you might think that like zero is like, Oh, they're an average. No, zero is replacement level. So yeah. if, if everyone is around is below, that means the entire team is projected to be below average. Yeah. Not a good look. Yeah. And we'll obviously we're going to, the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the pirates and to talk about the Cubs and brewers. And I think, uh, all of those teams have made themselves better than they were last year. And I cannot say that about the Reds. So it's, I think it's going to be ugly. Obviously the schedule is a little bit more balanced, but the Reds aren't really going to be playing anyone else who they have an advantage on. That makes it worse for them. The ones like that with the old schedule, at least the Reds got to play the pirates. Yeah. 19 times, you know, it, it they are, they are not made better by having to face more teams. Yeah. (laughs) It's only going to get worse. It's it's really bad yeah. over there. So yeah. uh, we said this last year. If you're a Reds fan, watch the Mariners or come over to us. If you're for some reason listening to this podcast, watch the Cardinals. Or if you can't yeah. stomach that, be a Mariners fan. You can at least watch some of your former players there. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Good luck. All right. Well, that all that concludes our coverage for the, of the Reds for now. We'll be, of course, checking in on them throughout the season as the Cardinals uh, play them. So um it's been a it's uh, been <laughs> it's been a uh sort of light news week for things outside of the actual on the field play which is kind of nice but uh we'll go ahead and check in on some news from around the league what do you got ben news uh manny machado we talked about this earlier 11 years 350 million dollars has been added to his existing contract 
Manny Machado will have earned $470 million from Peter Seidler and the Padres by the end Pretty of his good. career. Uh, this good. takes him to his age 41 season. Um, I, uh, it, it's, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this. I feel like around, I don't know, 10 years ago, there was all this discussion around how, man, we, we've learned that 10 year deals are, are a bad thing in baseball. And so I guess, uh, you know what? You're right. 10 year deals. Those were bad. The problem is they weren't long enough. We need 11 year <laughs> deals. We need 12 year deals, 13 year deals. Like I get it. And I'm not saying that this is a bad deal or anything, but like, man, it feels crazy to sign some of these dudes into their forties. Uh, yes. when you just, you have no idea the difference between a player at age 30 and 35 is often dramatic, let yeah. alone 36, 37, 38. So that I, I know the owners know this, you know, they have more information than we do. Um, but wow, it's, it's a lot to sign a, <sighs> Uh, sign anyone into their 40s at least yeah. with darvish he's already approaching his late 40s or late 30s you have an idea of what you could project it a little bit but like i i don't know it feels crazy to me but i know you got to pay to win and they want to keep the core together he said he's opting out and maybe the only way they could get him in the door for the next five years while they have this window is to sign him till he's 41 and they say okay this might suck in six years, but the next five is our window. So let's do it. Like I, I have to imagine that's part of their, uh, their calculation here. And if so, I, that's fine. Like, you know, like they have a great team and losing Machado would have been a big hole for them. So it, there, there's definitely some baseball logic here to it. Uh, but it just feels crazy. It does. It, it, it does. Yeah. I think yeah. like, but all the things you're saying like that, and I'll also add like, this is probably a guy on a Hall of Fame track. This is uh, yeah. one of the best players in baseball, um, and he pretty much does everything well. He he still runs pretty well. He is a, I think he is only a, the sec- a second defender only to Machado and, and maybe or uh, sorry Arenado and and Key Brian Hayes. Um, he is well, he one was, of the best. He got second in MVP voting last year and had as legit a case as Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt yeah. just had the the narrative through the whole season. Like Machado could have won it last year, and it would have been fair. And Machado could have won it multiple times. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he's great. Like, it, it, if there's anyone that you're trying to sign for this long, like he's the guy. He does everything well, but yeah. still. And, you know, and you're basically crazy. you're putting a Padres guy, a Padres hat on this guy when he goes in the hall with a deal yeah. like this. Like that, this is yeah. the kind of deal that's happening. And what's wild is that they are still motivated to sign Juan Soto for an extended contract as well. Which I think that if that gets done that will be the most impressive work that Seidler and Preller have done because getting a Boris client to sign before they hit free agency, especially when they're one of the best projectable young hitters in baseball um, is going to be impressive, but we'll, we'll see if they actually get it done or not. Yeah. Crazy. Um, moving on a little, uh, much worse news. Um, Joe Musgrove suffered a fractured toe for the Padres. looks like he's going to be out a few weeks. Um, Good news for the Padres is they are they are lo- loaded. Honestly, yeah, we'll see how important their pitching is this year. But I think it's going to be that <laughs> offense. Um, but sad to see. I, I really want to see. I, I think it'll be really good for baseball and really exciting for baseball fans to see the Padres go out at full strength and and use their might. And Joe Musgrove is yeah. obviously a, a very talented member of that team. 
Yeah. Uh, sticking in the West, Gavin Lux. I'm sure you all saw this. If you hadn't, honestly, don't even go look up the injury. It was pretty bad. Gavin Lux is going to miss the entire 2023 season due to a torn ACL. Essentially, he was running from second to third, trying to avoid a throw from the third baseman. And it just got wonky on him and his knee just went the wrong way. And it, it looked yeah. really, really bad right away. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. Um, young player. Uh, really brought some good balance to the, the the Dodgers. You know, not sure what kind of season he was going to have. He hasn't necessarily broken out like a lot of people thought he was. But um, he was you know, about young. to, Nate. He was about yeah. to. Uh, and I saw someone say like, you know, the Dodgers have already been projected to not be their normal powerhouse. And with this injury, they just suddenly look so much more right-handed and so much older. And yeah. those are not usually things that you, you know, more right-handed is, is subjective by, uh, as far as the, the value of it, but, uh, you know, they are an older team and, uh, losing a guy like this does not help that. So, yeah. I, I understand that. I just think like if you haven't made yourself familiar with the uh, uh, Dodgers tops prospects list and articles uh, recently, take a look at that because they're going to they're going to be fine. Yeah. They have so many good players. That they're yeah, gonna, like, Michael Bush can now play and he's been a well-regarded prospect for a while and they've got Vargas at third. So don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, I think they're still a 90 plus win team, but they've got the Padres to deal with now. They and do. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be this might be the first year in a while that we've seen, um, you know, the the Dodgers not yeah. running away with first or at least in a like hot like the the Giants Dodgers a couple years back with the right. both 100 plus wins. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, the Blue Jays hired James Click as vice president of baseball strategy. So no surprise to anyone that guy got a job right away. Yeah. And it seems like he probably got whatever job he wanted. There's not really any GM openings right now. So getting a job with the Blue Jays seems like pretty fun. So uh, no surprise there. Um, smart guy gets job. Um, yeah. Moving yeah. on, uh, MLB sets up local media group could uh, broadcast 17 teams. Uh, most of the teams that are affected by the, the Diamond Sports Group issues that we've been talking about. Um, but they have added three executive to its new local media department as it prepares for a possible takeover of local broadcasts. Um, so this is going to affect Bally and AT&T sports regional networks. Uh, we kind of talked about this. There was a couple of other hires a couple of weeks ago that were kind of trending towards this, but it seems the fact that they're investing, um, this seems like the path forward. The MLB is going to take over producing until they either find a new home um, or what I think is more likely just take it over full time. Uh, it might, as we talked about, I still would not be surprised if ownership gets involved on an individual basis, but, uh, this is the way it's going. Um, really, yeah. I think all it means for people watching and listening is blackouts are probably going to end sooner than later, but I, I guess yeah. we'll hear more. Um, the, the thing that's unclear to me is, do the contracts, the existing contracts dissolve at some point? There are monies promised to certain teams in those contracts. There's obviously a length of time. Um, there are advertisers. It's very complicated. Uh, hopefully we'll learn more. Um, but yeah, that's that it is all moving that away right now. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and I'll say I, I don't I'm not necessarily like super confident in the in, in MLB's ability to not fuck this up. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think 
I, I still think this is a good thing. I think this is the direction it needs to head. Yeah. You got to get out of these weird extended comp contracts with multiple different cable providers based off of region. And those cable providers can be bought and sold. And, and like it's, it's a, it's a shitty system and having your product wrapped up into it is, uh, I think not great for long-term sustainability with where the, industry is heading with where yeah. content consumption is heading oh, um content. you know oh, have we talked about how much we love content <laughs> um so i think it's good you know i can't wait to stream my games via tiktok or whatever yeah. but yeah. um you know i hope it all goes to facebook live facebook is great yeah uh my favorite thing about facebook is the algorithms you know yeah. what they're doing on on serving me what i want yeah you know yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, again, yeah, it's, yeah, I'd say the good thing is it seems like so far there was some concern that uh, like literally broadcasts would stop for a little yeah. while. seems like they're getting ahead of it and that's not going to happen. And that's ultimately like the big, the most near term potential impact to fans. And that seems like we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, we might just all be helping our parents set up MLB.tv accounts here in the <laughs> next. Uh... <laughs> yeah. And again, you know, if you need help with that, uh, just uh, the VPN or anything, hit me up at uh, yeah. talking about two different things. Gmail.com. <laughs> and hey, if you're listening, you want help with an MLB TV account too. No, no mean, to, no mean to uh, insult you. We'll help you with that. We've had someone take us up on uh, helping with VPN. We're happy to do it for anyone out there. We, we want to help you get access to the, to the game. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up the news. So we're now we're going to head to a segment. Um, and, you know, we've been having a lot of fun lately trying to predict what happens in uh, 2023. And so I thought maybe, uh, Oh no, <laughs> I thought we took care of this guy. <laughs> Uh, ben, Ben, yeah. get back in the boat. Get back in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's goodness. right. We are returning to one of our favorite segments. It's called Card Shark. Oh. Uh, so just let, Nate, letting the music play. Yeah, Nate doesn't tell me when he does these things, so I'm truly surprised <laughs> when it happens. So that that whole bit, we all just happen happen in real time. Nate. That was that was good. So I got my grubby little paws, yeah. my nacho cheese covered hands here on Rest. a hanger pack of it looks tops. large. Yeah, it's uh, it is about got the size my boy J Rod on it too. Let's go. That's right. So uh, it is, uh, it is a box that contains sixty-seven cards in it. Um, so it's right, basically this, like this is going to take a while, folks. Strap in. Yeah. So we're going to go through all sixty-seven. <laughs> no, I have I have grabbed at random um, like ten cards or so. Uh, okay. This is the uh, the the new is the twenty twenty-three tops series. All right, one. updated. The, yeah, so last time we've been playing this, we've been going off of cards from the last year. This is the first edition of cards from 2023. Uh, best I can tell is that they were um, basically like decided and printed right at the end of 2022. Okay. So uh, these are not reflective of any sort of off-season moves. But the way this game works is I pull a card randomly. I say the player, and Ben has to uh, tell me 
their position and what team they play for. And I will accept uh, for the team they play for either what's on the card um, or if there was an offseason move and you want to say who they move to, that's fine too. Um, and for position, I'm going off of what's on the card. Okay. So, um, you get a point for each and we'll go from there. So, and away uh, we go. All right. Number one is a tough one. Yep. Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera. Final year for Miggy. Uh, mm-hmm. What? First base DH Detroit Tigers legend. I think we were yeah. talking about this in the bird score. He had the worst year of any hitter last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. I, I kind of thought he might re- just retire off the offseason, but I'm glad he's going to get a uh, his, you know, his, yeah. uh victory lap. Sure. Um, I realized that I said the name and that I just held the card right up to the camera. So I yeah, like, you, you would have gotten Miguel Cabrera yeah. no matter what. But um, I'm going to now show it after <laughs> you do the guess. Smart. Smart. <laughs> All right. Uh, Emmanuel Classe. Emmanuel Classe. Love him. Uh, the closer for the Cleveland Guardians. Um, throws a 101 mile an hour cutter. How he do that? Yeah. One of, if not the best at this point, relievers yeah. in baseball. You gotta love right. him, Nate. You gotta love him. Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, center fielder, Chicago Cubs. Yeah. I this has a, him in his Dodger blue, but yeah. Um, Obviously, we'll talk about that during the Cubs preview, but that's like such a big question mark. I am excited to to see the answer. I think it's gonna be a good signing, but I'm I know. Yeah. I I I very briefly was all in on the Cardinal signing Bellinger. So mm-hmm. I gotta stay consistent here. I think it's a, gonna be a really good signing for them. Yeah. But um we'll see. Uh Alex Cobb. Oh, where are you, Alex Cobb? Um, starting pitcher. Oh, last I remember he was with, oh, he's been on so many teams. Um, Rays, Giants, Orioles. I think he was in Houston for a second. Um, crap. I don't know where he is right now. I'm going to say he's definitely a starting pitcher. I'm going to say he's an Oriole right now. Final answer. Swing and a miss. Damn it. So he is still a giant. Giant. Damn it. Yep. Those, um, those, but you're co- right. those colors, those color palettes are so similar. I'm going to blame that. Yeah. He went Toronto or sorry, uh, Tampa Bay, Baltimore angels. And he is with the giants. Oh, I forgot about the angels. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next we have hold on to that card. Nate, that could be worth something. Oh yeah. Uh, Chaz McCormick. Chaz McCormick. Oh, I th- crap. Chaz McCormick. Chaz McCormick. Ch- oh, oh, he's the Brewers guy. Brewers outfielder. Um, maybe specifically center fielder. He's got a little bit of pop, right? Well, you've got half of it right again. Damn it. So he is an outfielder for the Houston Astros. Chaz McCormick. So I don't know who you're thinking of. Are we sure about that? Unless uh, he was moved in the offseason. Uh, but I don't no, think he no. was. I'm, I'm insane. Who am yeah. I thinking of? All right. Christian Yelich. I felt so confident in that. 
Yeah, I, I'm looking it up now. It, I was thinking of Garrett Mitchell. Damn it, Garrett oh, Mitchell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm wrong. Fine. Um, Brady Singer. Brady Singer, starting pitcher, your Kansas City Royals. That's correct. I like him. Young guy. Yeah, yeah. people are into him. All right. Seth Lugo. Seth Lugo. He was he the one that just went to the Padres? He was a Met for a long time. And I think he is getting a crack at the starting rotation with the Padres now. Relief pitcher, starter, kind of a flex guy. So uh, looking it up, he is a Met. I don't know if was he signed with the Padres this offseason? Did I miss that? I thought so. I'm going to give it to you because you also, you know, he was a Met last year and you said he was with the Mets. Um, but look it up because I don't I didn't catch him going to the to the Padres. I. I don't. I Yeah, I'm going to I'll look it up, but I'm going to say right now I'm 100 oh, percent right. You're right. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I've, I okay. just found it. Yep. He's with the Padres. Yep. All right. A few him more and, here. Him and Walker trying to crack the rotation. That's right. OK. A couple more here. Kyle Bradish. Kyle Bradish. Not Radish. Kind of sounds Bradish. his last name sounds like a Pokemon. Yeah. Kyle Bradish. I know the name. I know he's a pitcher. Man, mm-hmm. I can't think of where he plays though. Uh Kyle Bradish. I am going to take a guess and say the Diamondbacks. He's a pitcher for the Diamondbacks. I'm gonna say relief pitcher for the Diamondbacks. Well, once again, you are half correct. Damn it. Um he is uh, with the Orioles. Damn it. I have found in playing this game, Ben, now a couple times, that when you are not sure what team he's on, guessing the Orioles is a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Bradish. All right. Gabrielle Moreno. Gabby Moreno. Catching prospect for your Diamondbacks. Should have been a Cardinal. <laughs> that would have been tight. Um, but maybe but someday. Not. Maybe someday. Yep. All right. Last one. Fan favorite. Marco Gonzalez. Marco. Starting pitcher. Seattle Mariners. All right. You got that, it. That wasn't Marco so bad. Gonzalez. Let's see. So you got, I'm going to count up your points here. Seven, eight, 12. You got 17 points out of a potential 20. Hey, I think you avoided being eaten by the card shark. Oh, I didn't I, even know that was an option. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, spent a little bit of time trying to like rip the sound from the end of jaws when he shoots a gun and blows up the shark. And I was going to yeah. do that if you got a good amount of points, but it turns out it was not a particularly compelling piece of audio. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So listeners, you know what please, was was you explaining that though? That was yeah. Good. So yeah. well, hold on. I'm painting a picture with my words. Give me yeah. a moment, listeners. If you would please remember the end of Jaws. <laughs> That's what Ben just did. That, oh, that. <laughs> yeah. Wow that that was exciting. Alternatively, you were going to be uh, Roy Scheider. You know. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Throw me in. I don't care. Yeah. Let it rip. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Card Shark. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> Zip, zap, uh, zooey. Yep. Ben, good job. We are going to wrap this episode up. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, uh, remember patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, get in there, support the show. And uh, we will be back next week, as always, with another episode. We have another full slate of games to talk about. And we've got the start of the World Baseball Classic coming up. So you know we're going to be talking all about that. So stay tuned. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your dog. They want to know. They have lives, too. (laughs) They need to know. (laughs) I second that. (laughs) And thanks again, everyone. Until next week. Go Cardinals. Thank you. Bye.